Welcome to the Association Strong Podcast, where we offer insight from both a seasoned association exec and an entrepreneur. I'm Dave Will. And I'm Tom Morrison. Listen in as we discuss and debate hot topics in the association community. Don't forget to subscribe and share us with your friends. So here we are once again, the Association Strong Podcast. And I feel a little lonely today because I'm missing my comrade, Tom Morrison. Now, we may find that he joins us in a minute. Keith, I'm not so lonely where, I, where I'm missing you. Thank you for joining me today. We have Keith Ellis from IIBA. That's the International Institute of Business Analysis. Uh, Keith is the Chief Engagement and Growth Officer. Keith, thanks so much for giving us a little bit of your time today. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate the offer. And you know, talking about engagement with members, it's near and dear to my heart. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the conversation today. As it is mine. And and in fact, uh, I, so we've done this series. So the podcast has been around for quite a while. I've talked about all kinds of things, including engagement. Engagement always seems to be this theme that's coming back. And it's, it's equally near and dear to my heart. I, so much so I built the, the business around engaging members, right? So, mm-hmm. so it's constantly something I'm thinking about and talking about with association execs. And so I've really enjoyed the last uh, six or seven interviews we've done in here because everybody has a slightly different take on engagement, all the way down to what they consider engagement to be. So I'd, I'd be curious, let, let's start there. What, what do you how would you define engagement? It's such a broad term. And in fact, from a vendor's perspective, if you look at all the different platforms out there, whether it's an AMS, a community, um, uh, an LMS, uh, you got member data platforms. I mean, everybody refers to themselves as an engagement platform, us included, right? So like we're we're one of them as well. How do you define engagement? It's... uh... A great question. When I first joined uh, IBA two years ago, one of the first things I did is I said, look, I'm the chief engagement and growth officer. We got to define what this is and we got to measure it, right? Like growth is easy to measure, right? Yeah. Well, growth is easy to measure. We all keep score. You know what I mean? Like we, we have revenue, don't have revenue. That's, that's, that's a growth number, but an engagement number is a different thing, right? And it's not retention it really has to look at it from the perspective of, and so we went through, you know, operational data and try to figure out like, how are we going to do this and ended up um, engaging a statistician. And because you want to make sure that your numbers are meaningful, that you are, are achieving something by measuring something like this. And so we actually found out that for us, engagement is really three things. It's self-engagement, meaning that individual's association or that individual's affiliation with us. Are they proud to be part of our IBA, right? That's the first pillar. And that's things like, did they go get certified? Did they put their badge out there? Are they referencing themselves in social media? These are the kinds of things. That's that. So that's, that's, I I would, and I'm speaking for Tom and I've heard him speak about this so much. I can speak for him. So you're talking about an emotional connection. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, An identity. Yep. That's one piece of it. The second piece of it is this engagement with the IBA. In other words, we have so much in terms of benefit. We have our libraries, we've got Babak Guide, we've got you know publications. It's that that are they engaging with us continuously as an association? We've got our knowledge hub, you know, all these pieces, webinars, et cetera, that we're doing. Are they engaged with that? Are they sticky with that? 
content that we're doing. And the third leg of this- Wait, 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 do you care about whether or not, well, obviously care about whether or not they're sticky, but, and, and somebody who keeps coming back for more is you would define as more engaged than somebody that did it once. We're offering That's what value. you mean by, are they sticky? We're, we're offering value to that person, right? Am I offering learning or value to that person that causes them to come back? Continuously. It's a, yeah, it's a bipolar yeah. relationship. Either we're advancing in our understanding of what's valuable to our membership, or we're not listening, we're not paying attention, we're not, we're not creating a meaningful relationship in a bi-directional. So the, inf it, the, the, the understanding is in the data, right? It's in the, are these people coming back? Are they listening? Are their antenna up to what IBA is saying? Or in this very, very noisy world, is IBA just over there somewhere and once a year I come back and renew because I have my certifications? The third one is our community. We have 120 chapters around the world in 40 countries. What we care about at the end of the day, engagement really is about healthy ecosystem, right? So ours is a skills-based um, association, professional association. And so skills don't exist in a vacuum. They, they exist because they're being practiced with employers. They, they exist because we're talking about it. We're talking about best ways of doing things, but it's a, it's a local community. We have a very ecosystem focus in terms of the way we have to execute. So you have to measure the health of that. You know, are people heading out to chapters? Are they connecting? Where are we doing it? What's the programming look like? These are the kinds of things. So, so the definition of that is very much a measurable thing. And you can, to some extent, begin predicting, are you doing better or worse? Because from an association perspective, you don't have an infinite number of dollars. You have to be very intentional about, you know, is this onboarding, approach that we're now trying, is that actually increasing our engagement or is it not meaningful relative to the investment? Are there other ways that we could accomplish that same end? And then you continuously are coming back to that data set to say, how are we moving this forward? Are we intentionally shifting our engagement numbers in a way that makes sense? That's actually achieving an outcome on the way through. Tom, good to meet you on Keith. <laughs> hey, so we got night. Tom on the podcast. Tom, good morning. And you know what I didn't get? You know what I didn't get to say today, David? <laughs> you know what my favorite thing is? What? I didn't get to say how excited I am about having Keith on the show today. I always start out with something really exciting. What, but here's the thing about virtual. You oversleep, Tom? Did you... I, could hear, I could hear your voice down the virtual hallway call me, Tom, Tom, we got a podcast. Let's go. And so I came running down here and said, holy crap. And I said, I can't wait to get online and see what Keith has to say about engagement. I'm going to buy you a calendar. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy I, you a calendar. My Keith can appreciate this. Like any association executive, an employee goes, hey, I got a challenge with my computer. It's not connecting in some fashion. So I'm down there helping that person connect in. And I come back and I see that my phone has been ringing my alarm. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm late. That's what you call the ADD in Tom right there. So yes. Keith, so we're, the question I asked Keith is about how he defines this engagement. And he, he right. described this emotional connection. He mm -hmm. described the this connection, which was less emotional, but more directed towards value derived from their content. And content right. means a lot of different things. And then he talked about their involvement in the community. Sure. And which led to a, 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 your conclusion, I think, there around being able to measure 
the mm -hmm. output of that as it relates to the ROI. So I want to, I want to, and the ROI comes in the form of, well, ultimately money and money comes in the form of people time and checks written, right? So like if you bought a software platform, it's paying for the platform and then how much effort goes into utilizing the platform. Well, Keith, wouldn't, wouldn't you say that when you're, when you're looking at that, cause I had someone say to me last year that was such a great saying, he said, Tom, we feel people enter for the benefits, but they stay because of the people, because they become emotionally connected and attached to the things that we're doing. And there are some things that aren't really measurable because you can't put a measure on somebody sitting at a meeting in the back end discussing a challenge. And that person gives them instantaneously, look, we did that last year and here's what we did. And it worked beautifully. And they go back and it works. It's like, wow. You, so there's, there is a huge intangible thing when you connect people leveraging that network so they can help each other. Yeah, so there's kind of three stages, you know, Tom, I, I always think of it as, uh, and, and there, there, there's a science on it, as you know, it, it's, when I first sign up, I'm triggered for some reason, a lot of times in our case, it's a certification or a learning journey, or they want to be affiliated with a profession, they just kind of like what they see, right? Sure. And, and you go through one stage, which is, I call it an activation metric, and that activation metric is, I'm either listening or I'm not, right? And, and because today's world is so busy, what was important to me, you know, last month when I signed up may not be important to me today, may not be sure. important in the future. So you have to communicate, you have to stop what you're doing and start communicating with, with people in a, play, in a way that's um, relevant to what they're interested in, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm interested in certification or if I'm interested in, so I need to be communicating, hey, not here, this is not my list of benefits. I need to be communicating Oh, hey, I understand your interest in Agile. Well, here's some books in our library. Here's some stuff over here. Here's a webinar on this thing. Here's some excerpt. So you got to be communicating in a very relevant way. And people either begin listening more, meaning they're opening your emails more, they're clicking through more, or they're not. That's activation metric. The second layer of this is to what you're saying. You have to go from, and I call this TTV, time to value, right? You go always through this this thing where ah, I'm interested, but I'm not connected. Right. I'm interested and I'm paying attention. I open your emails, but I'm not emotionally connected to you. And mm -hmm. I have to, you have to shift that to that time to value. And in our world, uh, value is expressed as I've learned something here that is impactful and meaningful to my job and my career and my ability to perform, right? Mm -hmm. And that speed between I've come in and I've understood and I'm now paying attention to, I've created an emotional connection because I've really begun to understand, I've connected with my community, right? I've realized these are my peeps, right? These are the people I want to hang out with. This is my community. Right. Or it's I've gone on to a webinar and I've learned something and helped me with my boss. You know, there's different ways people become connected, right? It's communication, it's listening, mm -hmm. it's education, it's a community, it's finding friends, you know, it's a chapter event, going to a, a, a conference. Any of these things can create that emotional connection. It's just what's relevant to that individual in their own learning journey, right? Well, I think if, if for us, I know David loves when you hear the word ask. So to me, when you're asking enough and asking the right questions and you're listening intently, our goal is to our goal is to have what our members need well before they ha can find it anywhere else in the marketplace because we're the ones talking to them the most. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so we so you you know, you should be talking. I like what you're saying. You should be conversing and talking with your members enough 
to have a keen understanding of what the individual's needs are so that you can be there for them at that moment, as opposed yeah. to leaving them hanging in the wind saying, man, I got this problem. And now I'm going to go out to Google and look through a billion web pages or look through webinars and go hunt for it themselves when you probably have it sitting on your desktop right then and there, but they didn't know because you weren't talking to them. Well, and it's challenging too, because like when you look at measuring engagement, you really have to be intentional about where you're spending your nickels, right? Sure. And to me, it's it's return on time because there's a finite amount in any association, there's a very finite amount of time you have available to build assets, right? To build mm -hmm. answers to people's questions. So you have to know not only where are they looking, but you have to be very conscientious of that ecosystem and the health of the ecosystem because it can get a very unbalanced. It can be too corporately focused, not enough focused on the individual. It could be too focused on a solution, not enough focused on the intention, not enough right. focused on the outcome. So how are we building this in a way that leads to a healthy outcome, right? Mm -hmm. Or are we getting to a point where we're going to get stagnation in the organization because we're really only focused on serving one set of needs, right? Right. Now, balancing is very tricky, right? Because it's expensive to go build. Sure and service multiple, you know, multiple constituencies, right? We were very B2C focused at one point in time. It's now moved to a much more balanced B2C, B2B type of thing. All members are created equally, but they could be hired and we're servicing them through their employer, or they could be coming in through, uh, or they could be coming through an endorsed education provider. It could be coming through some other set of things. We have 600 partners worldwide, right? So you have to think very intentionally about how you're going to build out some of that capability to support people through different channels, however, they end up coming into the association. How long would you say your engagement strategy has really been taking root? Uh, so, so we've been very focused on engagement for a long time. Mine is a new position that was created two years ago because, mm -hmm. you know, we needed to really bring together our portfolio in this area. We had been looking at members as one thing, corporate uh, relationships as another, our training uh, relationships, our academic relationships as a completely different thing. And nobody had, and we hadn't brought them all together into, no, this is one member experience. It doesn't matter how that member comes to us, we're creating a member experience. Right. And we need to harmonize that across our channels. We hadn't done that before. And, and we hadn't looked at it from the perspective of, our chapter community are front and center in creating a healthy ecosystem out in whatever geography, you know, like we've got 2,500 members out in Australia, right? Um, that's a really important key area. And we've got a very vibrant chapter that, that has programming in each of the, in each of the major city centers and, and is there fostering that discussion and has mentoring programs and a very rich, um, you know, uh, uh, environment of, 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 uh, of uh, conferences and things like that, that they're running. They're really great programming, right? Um, but you got to foster, you know, and build and develop the corporate side of that, right? To, to support that healthy community. That makes sense? So sure. that is, right? So it's not just all about, you know, one individual coming in, but it's really about the corporate, the academic, the education providers in the region and the individual being supported in that region. Tom, let me, let me jump in because I want to go back to the question I asked. Um, I, I think I like this better without you. I was able to go down a path and just stay with it. I want to go back to the measurement and the ROI. So, and you mentioned time to market is, is one of the things that... Time to value. Time to value. 
So you go through, it's an emotional connection and you, you, it's about understanding, is this person activated? Are they listening? Because in the world of email today, increasingly nobody listens, right? And you have to work on that. And then the second we're doing part it wrong. Is yep. value. have I created an emotional connection? So how do you measure whether or not a, a specific engagement initiative is working? And if you sure. want, get specific enough to pick an engagement program that you're working on and how you measured it. Onboarding. But I'd be curious, like, how do you measure its success? And mm -hmm. how do you measure not the success was worth the investment? Yeah, sure. So onboarding, just take a, an idea because it's one near and dear to everybody's heart, right? Um, we had our existing onboarding programs like everybody else, you know, email and email chains and things like that. And um, when you really look under the covers of this, you say, well, what's really happening in here? And we started, we had some, you know, very brave souls uh, looking at this and saying, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to run a set of webinar sessions to introduce people to the benefits of IVA, very typical type of strategy. And we're going to have our onboarding sessions. And anybody new, we're going to bring them in and they're going to go to these sessions and all that sort of good stuff. Fantastic, right? Great strategy. Yeah. Um, but when you look at this, and you measure the engagement, right? And you measure the number of people coming through versus the number of new members in, you start realizing very quickly that while the people that you get into these sessions, you pop the engagement scores, meaning they become noticeably more engaged and you can see it in the operational data you can see them going to the site you can see them interacting with our certifications you can see them downloading stuff you can see them engaging with the, the organization you can see them attending events right that pops noticeably and you can measure that in your operational data right so you have to be paying attention is that program at its face doing something positive the answer is yes very much so okay awesome Especially in that first year, you gotta really pay attention. But is it doing it efficiently enough to be a material change to the association? The answer was no. We have to do this differently, right? And so then you start saying, well, how? Like, what other tools do you have? And so we actually ended up with something that looked pretty low tech, right? We ended up with, well, wait a minute now. Why don't we just compress our email sequencing and communicate in those emails very differently? Because in the past, what's very typical of an association is to start saying, well, here are your benefits, ding, 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 ding. And that's useless. I agree. Yeah, it's useless. What you have to do is you have to say, wait a minute now, everything you're communicating now is intentionally about communicating the benefits of the association in the context of what that person's interested in. Right. That's right. Yeah. So if, if they're interested in uh, and you detect they're interested in a particular you know, webinar topic, whatever you're running, like we'll have 2000 people come into a webinar. Right. So if you have somebody coming into a webinar, you know what that interest is. You need to be then communicating. Oh, here are the books that are in our library on this one. Ah, here's some materials, research paper. Here's a podcast that was done. Here's another webinar on this related topic that you're interested in. These webinar extras. 70% open rate, 20% click-through rates. That's the set of information people are interested in. That's where your onboarding really needs to go is intentionally communicating 
in the context of your member, right? And and reframing the way you're doing even the the initial communication of, hey, welcome to IBA. I understand your interest in these kinds of things. Oh, hey, by the way, I see your interest in certification. Let's let's start talking about what that journey begins to look like. How do we support you in these different things? Because that's what they want to know, right? And and it's it's really by having the measures underneath it that you begin understanding which messages are more or less important, right? We have to be very data-driven because we're all about the members. We can't be inefficient with their dollars in servicing and helping and, and being better at what we do. If you, you have to punch across, uh, uh, way above your weight class, always in the association world, right? To be very efficient with every nickel you have. I kind of think about that, Dave, kind of like the Amazon, when you click on something to buy or look at it down below, it says, hey, by the way, other people that were interested in that were interested in these items. Yeah. It's kind of what you're, it's kind of, you're referring, Keith, to a manual version of that. If someone was in a particular webinar, well, hey, anybody, 70% of the people that were in this webinar actually thought this was relevant as well. So you might want to take yeah. a look at that. So, it's so what, that what you're doing stuff. there is you're guessing uh, based on some historical data, right? You're, you're looking at profile data you're capturing as much as you can by looking at their activities and there's lots of ways to do a database and looking back in time and saying it based on what i see here i think this is a segment or these are things that this person would be interested in let me read you this this i think is really interesting a, a, a post that i saw on twitter it says dear amazon i bought a toilet seat because i needed one necessity not desire. I do not collect them. I am not a toilet seat addict. No matter how tempting you email me, no matter how temptingly you email me, I'm not going to think, oh, go on then, just one more toilet seat. I'll treat myself. So there's an example of like where organizations try to take historical data. It's better than not doing it, right? But we take this historical data and we say, well, if they did this, then they must. Want but you might need, but you might need a new plunger because seventy percent of the people who bought a new toilet bought a new plunger. Bought and, a new plunger. Uh, that's that possible, is. but do you see the difference here is really transactional thinking versus relationship thinking. So yep, totally so, agree. And, and we, right we were direction. in that space for a long time where we we uh, create transactional relationships very very well. It's always about the moving from transactional thinking to relational thinking. It's the difference between. Uh, you know, for, for a lot of people, the, it's the difference between going to your doctor and going to your psychotherapist, I think is probably the best way to render this. When you go to your doctor, either because something's bleeding, something broken, or something really shouldn't look like that, okay? Like, that's why you're there. Fix it. And it's a transactional relationship. You go in, you say hi, you tell them what's wrong or her, tell them what's going on, and they say, ah, take this, come back, and by the way, you know, if it gets bigger, redder, nastier, then please see me in a week, okay? That's why you're there. It's transactional thinking. It's a transactional relationship. You're going because there's a separation between their subject matter expertise and your ability to relate to that subject matter expertise, right? That's a way of thinking. We have to think in our association world much more like the psychotherapist. We're listening. Mm. We're understanding. We're relating our expertise to the problem at hand that that person has. You may have the same kind of education. You may have that same deep, deep, deep ability to provision something. But if we're not listening first and understanding the relevance of that thing to the particular problem at hand, then we've got a problem on our hands, right? Because because we're creating separation between us and them unintentionally, right? That comes through in the way you communicate with people, right? 
and in the intentionality of saying, I'm trying to communicate this to you because I think you're interested, right? So in Amazon's case, it's backward because it's transactional. Ah, you bought this, therefore you'll transact with me in this, right? You can never get that right. But I listen to here. And I think these things might be relevant only because it's deepening the discussion in a particular area. And you can't go wrong with that one. I really like that analogy. I think that's, that's brilliant. And like in my head, I think, well, doctors really should become more relationship oriented. That's, that's not your point. But I, I do want to extend that a little bit. So when you go to a psychotherapist and you sit down on the couch, um, they could look at the form you filled out, uh, look at your history, get your medical um, history, look at it, scan it and say, okay, well, um, here's what I think. Here's yeah. what I think. I, I, but they you don't. messed up. That would not go well. It wouldn't go back, right? What they do is they start by saying, why are you here? Yeah. Talk to me. Tell me something. They, they start by listening. So they have the data. The data is good. But they know from experience that what gets them better, what builds a stronger personal relationship, is by asking that question, mm -hmm. why are you here? Talk to me. Mm -hmm. What's going on? What are you feeling? Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's, I think that's what a lot of organizations right now are missing. That's the missing piece of the pie. They've got the data, but they're going right to jumping to conclusions from the data. When I'm making the point that I, I believe people need to be listening a little bit more and asking questions. I think that's the missing piece of the pie that, that I'm standing on. I agree with that. And I, I think there are many ways to listen, right? Like there are, we, we run our GSBA. We have many survey types of methods. We have continuous conversation. We have our reps that are out in field. You know, we've got a group that runs chapters and, and the chapters are, are good at listening and there's a continuous dialogue. You have to be in that place where the dialogue is happening. There are many ways to listen. The question is then operationalizing that, right? How do I begin to understand uh, and communicate in a way and take action on some of that communication, right? To be able to create greater relevance to what I'm doing. And a lot of times that's driven by the member journey, right? That's driven by what are people typically trying to accomplish? And, and because you can't, you know, have a million things that you can talk about. You can have certain things that are really core and germane to the, to the relationship. And so to me, the conversation happens at many levels particularly in our association, we're so ecosystem driven, right? At root, we have chapters and there's conversation one-on-one -on -one in the community in which you live in, right? That is a wonderful, wonderful benefit that we have, right? We've got a leg up on everybody because we're not just centrist in our thinking. It's very decentralized, very uh, ecosystem centric in our thinking that you have a community of people that you can get together with that have common interest and bond that talk about things that are relevant to their particular area and the employers in that area and other business analysis professionals. And you can look somebody in the eye if you need to and ask them some questions. And we have mentoring programs and things like that, that the chapters run. They're phenomenal. It's powered by 1200 people, right? That old, you know, volunteers. But, you know, at a corporate level, you also have to be intentionally listening and, and you're into much higher levels of automation, right? It's not a people, you know what I mean? Like it's, it can't ever be really one-on-one. -on -one. It always has to be an ability to interact and provision to the need of the individual in a much more automated way. You just go crazy, right? 
um, you know, so, so, and you, you do have, you know, a group of people who answer questions and things like that, you know, ask IBA, but it's, it's much more around how are we beginning to ensure that people are listening and they have, you know, they're activated, right? How are we then communicating relevant information to them on what we understand to be their member journey based on what we're seeing in operational data in our world, right? Based on what we're seeing. And then are we seeing them responding positively or negatively and are we adjusting correctly based on that, right? And, and we have so much technology at our disposal to do these kinds of things. But we also have a lot more complexity in our world because we've got B2C and we've got B2B and we've got business through partner chapter channel types of relationships with people. So you have to be very mindful about communicating correctly through these different types of channel environments when you're dealing with, you know, an individual, right? Because they could be employed and that's by somebody and, and it's that employer that has a relationship with us and, and we're communicating contextually there. So that's where you get into these layers of sophistication on how are we running that communication and, and are we really advancing it in a way that's meaningful and impactful to the individual? And that's where the measurement, again, has to come back to the measurement. Are we meaningfully changing things that we think we are, right? I mean, I, I think I don't want to lose sight of people thinking that, you know, it's, it's not a good thing to suggest things as people buy something or tune into something that there's other things. Because what I what I know is most associations struggle deeply, even with their boards. I've literally been in a board meeting and been talking about something we've been doing for a couple of years. And, and a board member say, when do we start doing that? And there's tons of and it's just because they're so busy. It's not their fault. It's so busy. The association spread. And I mean, we got a staff of six people that garner that stuff they're just a board member one so it's impossible for a board member to really tune into that but our membership same thing you know if you're doing a lot of things very successfully sometimes members can think gosh i never really can know all that you're doing because i think to me that's what the suggestive side of it is is just say hey by the way people that bought this also thought this was interesting but i think i think i like what you're saying keith is that you shouldn't stop there you should then ask because i i even think through when you look at what's an easy way to get 100 percent of your staff tuned into having a personal relational conversation with your members. And to me, it's as easy as I was just thinking as you were talking about that, is there's a question of the month where it, even if the accounts receivable person is talking to someone renewing their dues, they say, hey, Dave, by the way, our leadership has been looking at some industry trends and we've got this one trend blank. And we'd really, we're asking every member, what do you think about that? What is it impacting your company? And is there anything you need from that? So it's a question a month that every employee, when you're on the phone with somebody, you never leave a phone call without asking that question to get them into a deeper discussion on something other than a transaction. Yeah. So that just kind of spawned as an idea to me, because every member always has something to say about something going on in the industry on an issue. And some may say, you yeah, know, it really doesn't impact me, but I think I appreciate you asking. So the, but the, I think the important thing was the ask. I think you're right. Like, so I'm going to identify on a bunch of things with you. So you know, members can't use benefits that they don't know about. Correct. You got to work on that, but you can't just tell them what the benefits are. It has to be about the relevant contextual use of it. So it's, it's, I can't tell you that I got a book. I got 20,000 books in my library. I have to say, oh, I saw you're interested in this. Well, here's something in the library that you might also be interested in and have to know about it. So that's contextual relevance. Correct. But I think, and I, and I empathize with your situation about the board. I used to be the, the chair of IIBA. <laughs> so I know, you know, it's one of those cases where, you know, uh, you can't know everything. You've got a day job. You're focused on that day job. 
you know, good thing I'm not inside, you know, the day in and day out of IBA or I'd be doing something very wrong because that's called armchair quarterbacking and it's not particularly a good idea, right? Um, but I think, but, you know, we have to use that same thinking when we're thinking about our members. They're not day right. thinking about IBA, right? Or, or your association and metal coding, right? Um, they can't be, right? So, so they're not paying attention on a regular basis. And so every communication is a little precious along the way. It's like, am I helping this person pay more attention because I'm communicating relevance or am I not? Right, right. Yeah, and sometimes you don't want to answer them in the board meeting because a lot of other board members know that we've been doing this for like two years and you're just not asking about it. So I know, I know some, I've, I've really, I've, I've been in some strategic planning meetings where that kind of conversation begins to happen as well. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but it is a combination of all those things to center on what does the individual member need mm -hmm. to, be, to be successful and how can we help you? There's that. And it's, it's also like, to your point, the data gathering side of it really powers things because, you know, like we have many ways of listening. And, and so one of them, for example, we just instituted account, an account review process where, you know, depending on the size of the organization or relationship, we have 600 partners. Like you're not going to meet with them every two weeks, right? It's not possible. But in an account review process is basically, are we getting together with them to provide meaningful data on, hey, how many members have been activated? Do you have your seats correctly assigned? Are they in there? Do you have some opt-out issues going on where we're not effectively communicating with people? Can you fix those with us? You know, these kinds of basic conversations of listening to, well, what do you want to accomplish with our association? So it's exactly the question that you mentioned. You should ask, what do you want to know? What do you want to accomplish? And until you know that at scale, right, really understand and start bringing it in and begin accomplishing things with organizations, you know, in that particular channel area, you're not listening effectively. Same is true of individuals, right? They want to be heard. Right. So an outreach that we do every year, uh, you know, we did two years ago, sorry, a year and a half ago, and we'll do it again in the future, where you understand, okay, what are the dimensions of this relationship? What's your sense of IBA and its ability to provide value in that area? And you'll start to see your gaps, right? Right. Is what you're expected to see. What are you getting? You start beginning to understand your gaps. And that begins to focus you on, where do I need to invest some time, effort, and energy to begin closing some of those gaps in my value proposition? You so Dave, to, Dave, Dave, just one more to, thing, to, and I'll turn it over to, for you to carry it home. So, because no, I think it's important what Keith's talking about in this discussion. And, and one of the things that always bothers me about association, we try and stay away from it, is not measuring level of engagement by the member. So, because what, what we do is we have 13 touch points between meetings, um, volunteerism, and, and different programs that people are in. We track it all. We got 13 of them and, and we download a spreadsheet that tells us and we add up, we give everybody one point for each thing. So we've got 13. If you're in five or more, I consider being in five or more programs really engaged. So yeah. we send them different communications and we talk to them differently as opposed to, because if I'm in six or eight programs and I get an email that says, hey, Tom, we'd love to see you really get more engaged in next year. And I'm like, I'm already highly engaged. Why am I getting that email? So I think yeah. a key to engagement is, is tracking level of engagement. You know, if somebody's just in one program or they've come to one meeting, they need to be talked to differently than someone that comes to every meeting and is in three or four of your reporting programs where they're getting that big value. So I think that's something to take away from this conversation is not only tracking the engagement, but tracking the level of someone's engagement. So you can talk to them in a way that says, hey, 
Keith, we really appreciate you the last year being in like five of our programs. It's really awesome. We get to do things because you do that as opposed to Keith. We're noticing that people that are, are in four or five of these programs um, tend to have more, our records show they're more profitable, they grow, they're growing, and we want to help you do that. So it's just different conversations. So I think level is also an important factor. I think you're right. And that's one of those ones that we would struggle with because it's it's complicated, right? Mm -hmm. The detection of that, the member journeys underneath that, the sophistication, right, of these different levels of what that person's going to be most, what's going to be most relevant to that person versus relevant to this person here. And to be able to understand that in detail as to what we should be communicating to that person who's very engaged versus this other person who's less engaged, right. that's challenging to get that communication layering correct. And, and it's, you know, really the marketing team in our, on our, on our organization is a phenomenal job of getting the, the basics of the, the, the communication and the structures and the pieces together. And then, you know, when we start layering in engagement layers on top of that, you know, because you still got to communicate for a living, right? You still got to say, right. hey, here's a certification. Here's what we do here. Here's these things, you know, be a member. You still got to do all that stuff. But then you have to layer on top of that. How do we be intentional about getting people paying attention to certain parts that are really beneficial to them individually and personally, and then get them involved in the community in a different way? Right. And to the point, communicating differently once they've achieved those standards, right? Mm -hmm. so how, how do sure. you do that? How do you can so is one of the things you talked about is is these gaps between the value proposition and the um, and the and the the des de desires and demands of your membership, mm -hmm. right? And there's two ways of looking at it. one is they have the aggregate, right? Like are are we providing what it is that our membership needs? Mm -hmm. And then you have the individual, which is what you're alluding to now. Like are we providing what it is that Tom needs? So how do you how do you do that? I mean, aside from the one off conversations here and there with people, how do you do that and identify what it is Tom needs and deliver on that? Sure. So so for me, um, it starts with awareness. Right. So it starts with understanding how are we going to measure? How are we going to you know look at our operational data or our listening posts like surveys and things like that? to begin understanding and interpreting gaps, right? At the aggregate level, right? At an aggregate level, yeah. yeah. But it also um, requires a certain degree of looking outward past who we are today into what do we need to be in the future? Where, where do we have a capability gap, right? So, so three years ago, the board looked at IVA and said, we have a capability gap in B2B uh, understanding and selling and understanding how to build the employer side of the channel to, because the relationship is two sides. It's going to be our employers demanding our profession. And it's also our enough professionals out there with certification available to be employed. You got a two-sided marketplace here, right? And the board said, we need more people in the organization that really understand that, that layering of it. You have to look at yourself that way too, right? What parts of my ecosystem are, am I not servicing correctly? Do I have capabilities in some of those areas? Because it's not just who you are today, it's who you need to be to service your members five, 10 years from now, right? And that takes a long time to build in an association context. So, so part of it is, do you have the awareness and have you built your listening posts? The second piece of it is, are you, when you look at those listening posts and hearing what people are seeing, are you actually actioning and beginning to understand, okay, 
I need to communicate contextually. What does that mean? How do I start tuning and, and experimenting and working that in? Because you're not going to get it right the first time, right? You've got to be willing to experiment and you've got to be willing to test. And then when you find some things that work, can you look at how you scale that? So we figured out that our onboarding programs are now uh, much, much more effective. People are paying attention. You then need to take that onboarding program and not try to build something totally radically new. You take that onboarding program that we built for individuals and you say, ah, how does that work in corporate? Ah, how does that work in our education channels? Ah, wait a minute, now we've got academics. How does that work there? So how do you then take that same process that you've perfected for one channel and move it into your other channels? So it's, it's about building, testing, and then scaling. Right, being very intentional about the way you're building your capabilities as an organization over time. So, but get down to the individual. So that's the aggregate value proposition and how you execute on aggregate value to your membership. How do you find the value that keeps Tom here? How do you find that value? Yeah, that keeps Tom there. So, so, so there's different ways you can do that. Right. So in our world. We have an aggregate measure of engagement, which gives us a sense of whether somebody is or is not. But, but you can also look at it from the perspective of what did Tom expect to be here in these different categories? And what does Tom believe he's getting in terms of value in these different categories? There's going to be a gap between those two. You're either going to be over-servicing or under-servicing. And it's a very simplistic way of thinking about it, but you can use it very powerfully because you might have 10 dimensions of a relationship, some part of that, depending on where that person is, meaning I am an, a, a young business analysis professional and I came to you to get a job, right? I came to you because you know, globally, you're where people go to participate in chapters, provide me a network that's ready-made and go get a job, right? That's what I want from you guys. How are we doing on that? Because that's that person's persona. But I could be dealing with a mature business analysis professional who wants to get back to the community. And what they really care about is, you know, uh, volunteering and mentoring and doing speeches and stuff like that. How are we doing on that? Very di different set of things that they want to get from us. So when you go out and you say, here are my 10 things that, you know, I could be looking at. Uh, and I'm saying, what, well, what did you expect? And, the, you know, what's important to you? How important is this to you? And how good are we at delivering on that? That's a really good way of understanding core gaps. More importantly though, uh, like that's one dimension at an individual level, right? But you can also kind of generally do surveying and understand how is this as a profession moving forward, right? And am I servicing the profession or what the issues are to my profession in an intentional way, right? Because that's no organization or profession is static in terms of what's going on with this member base, right? In our world, the profession has moved very much from where it was 10 years ago to where it is today, to where it goes in the future. Well, that conversation radically impacts all of your products, all of your services, all your certifications. And you need to understand how that profession and where they're going. So one is individual member value, but to maintain relevance generally, you really need to also understand how is my profession moving? Right? How is the thing that I'm, a, I'm as an association servicing moving at aggregate? And then have I thought through my planning on that to make sure that I'm providing relevance now and into the future? Does that make sense? Yeah. All right, Tom, here we are. We've, uh, we've talked and talked. Now 
it's time, Keith, where Tom begins saying what his key takeaway was. I'll follow up, and then you may have a residual message, some point you want to make, or some epiphany you had during our conversation today. So, Tom, you want to start? I'll start, man. I got my big takeaway, and I know I came running down the virtual hallway late <laughs> into this conversation, but I feel like I've gotten so much out of talking about this because, Keith, I think out of all the presenters, they've all been great. You're probably one of the most well-spoken tacticians from a technical standpoint of dissecting engagement we've had yet. Uh, you, got, you got set various angles on it. But my big takeaway is just a reaffirmation of going back to we got to go from transactional to relational. Because when people have a relational benefit with someone, that's when they that's when their heart's in it and they stay because they just love being there. You don't have to prove to them through a program why they should stay. They just get your dues renewal and they just pay it because they're bought in relationally. Mm -hmm. So that's that's been an inspiration to me today to look at our elements. And, you know, just the, just the question that the, the thought I had earlier about give a question of the month to all your uh, staff. So when they're with a member, before they get off the phone, they ask them the relational question to pull them in to get them to talk about something other than a transaction. So I think those are two huge, two huge, two huge takeaways for me. Thanks. For, for me, the, the, um, the part of the conversation I enjoyed the most was the one around measuring ROI as it relates to effort, right? Return on investment. The investment is time and money and the, the return is what we get out of it. And so I think that's something oftentimes we leave too much to feeling. Um, and, and so the trick is to constantly measure our goals and objectives. Um, so th for me, that was the key takeaway. I always go back to though, the, this conversation of aggregating and generalizing our knowledge of our membership versus understanding the individual member. And it, you can't understand the individual member without um, the ability to scale it because of measuring the ROI. Like it's just not, the ROI doesn't make sense. You could go sit and have a cup of coffee with every single one of your members, but that's extremely expensive in time. Yeah, um, it is. So. I'm gonna finish off with just a couple of thoughts to take away. It's like engagement. It's hard. It's hard. It's intentional. It's hard. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. You'd have 100% right. and you would grow, 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 grow. To me, the issue is always about where is my next best investment? It's sequencing. You can't do everything. If you try to do everything, you're going to get everything, well, nothing done, right, first of all. And you're not going to get it done in a way that's impactful long term, nor is it going to be sustainable, right? It's about that next best investment. And are we certain that the way we've done something is returning value in the way we expect? Are we truly servicing our member, our, our customer in the best way possible, but also in the most efficient way possible that's relevant for them? Right. And if we're not doing that, we have to stop and figure out, well, how do we begin measuring some of that stuff around it so we can get better and better and better? And it's true that every association has a different starting point. Not everybody's going to have the luxury of the sophistication of IT infrastructure we have here. But make that best use of what you got and then really be intentional about that next best thing that you're going to focus in on. Because engagement never stops, it's always going forward. You're always on a journey to make it better. Right. That's our reality as an association. Well, Keith, 
Keith Ellis from IIBA, that's the International Institute of Business Analysis. Thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate your time and insight. And I always love the talk about engagement. Me too, man. Great to meet you, Keith. It's been hey, an thanks, awesome look, discussion. Guys, appreciate you taking the time. We hope you gained some inspiration that will help you run an efficient and effective association just like a business and maybe laugh a little with us. If you have a topic you would like to hear us talk about, or if you just want to reach out to us for any reason, you can contact us at Tom at tommorson.biz or dave at propfuel.com. Give us a review if you haven't already. And don't forget, subscribe and share with your friends.